Chapter 9 Highgate Cemetery While I wait for Miranda, I spend the time going through my skills. They aren't many. I have one spell and I want to try it out sometime. I'm considering what other skills to add to my repertoire when Miranda phases into existence as she logs back on. She leans over and gives me a friendly punch on the arm like she does in real life. Nice to see you again, Adam. It's only been an hour or so. Still nice, anyway, to work. We stand outside the church-like exterior of Highgate West Cemetery. Which way did you come, I ask? She indicates behind her. I caught the bus to Highgate Village and walked down from there. I was here earlier, but logged off again. I peer through the black iron gate. Are you ready to go in? Do you remember where Julia told us the tomb is? The sky has grown overcast and grey clouds form a high lid to our world. As I had anticipated, it's getting dark. We shouldn't have left it so late, Miranda says. I'm exasperated. It's you who had to log off, and you said it would be better in the dark. She gives me another friendly punch on the arm. Oh, Adam, you're so easy to wind up. Let's go. As we walk through the black iron gate of the cemetery, Miranda says, You know, I think I saw Julia watching me from one of the shops in Highgate Village just after I got off the bus. She's maybe not as innocent as she seems in all this. I shrug. Or maybe they use the same model again and again. If they had to make each NPC completely unique, that'd take tons of coding. You're probably right, you usually are. At work, there was a joke that I'd never admit that I was wrong. This is what she's referring to. There's a semicircular area with stone steps leading up into the cemetery proper. We climb the steps and are soon on the gravel path leading deeper into the cemetery. The place is looking unkempt. Rank weeds grow over some of the tombs and some paths between the trees look uncared for. While I'd awaited Miranda, I'd looked up the history on the wiki. The team of gardeners had gone to war and, like most of the other men of their generation, hadn't come back. The Highgate Cemetery Company hadn't been able to employ so many gardeners since then, so it was slowly going to the dogs, or the weeds. I look around and take in the sounds. It's clearly good for wildlife. A blackbird gives an alarm call as we walk past, and jackdaws noisily roost in the high treetops in preparation for the coming night. It's now gloomy amid the undergrowth. We walk past ornate, overdone Victorian tombs where taste is defeated by money. Is it up here? Miranda points to a long and narrow way through rows of sombre sepulchres, tumbled down and ivy-covered. I think so. Worth a look. We turn off the main path and walk purposefully down the path that here is earth rather than gravel. Grass grows long and bushes reach across our path, catching at our clothes. After walking round a hundred yards deeper into this less frequented part of the cemetery, we find the tomb Julia described. On it is carved the Assyrian god Ashur, and an inscription in German says, Here lies thy faithful servant, Lord. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Miranda stares at the inscription. I don't know about him keeping the faith. From what I hear, he wandered a long way from Christianity. I give a hollow laugh. A breeze shifts the branches, and I'm suddenly nervous standing here in a game. It's as real as the real thing. There's something about this place that disturbs me. I get that damn itching in my head again. I really don't believe in the egg, but even as I dismiss the idea, it makes me shake here. I think I hear whispering. Shadows gather between the tombs and under the dark yews and holly trees. From the dark, faces leer. That's what you get from 70 Sanity.
but it's just a game mechanic, a damn well done one, but it isn't a sign I'm going really crazy. Miranda is sizing up the sepulchre door. It looks as if the tomb has been intended for a family. It's far too big for one coffin. I don't answer. I've heard more whispering, and despite myself, I'm staring into the shadows behind. Creepy here, isn't it? She says. I nod. They've done a good job with the atmosphere. Let's go in. My mouth dries for some reason. I don't want to go in. The black iron door isn't very high, so we'll have to stoop. And there's a padlock securing it. I point. Miranda winks and withdraws a pair of bolt cutters from her inventory. I put some points into burglary and made a visit to the local ironmongers. These are very useful. She's still funny. I try to laugh, but the dreadful atmosphere of the place weighs on me. The air seems to be getting denser somehow, darker, like paper soaking up black ink. A crow lands in a yew tree just behind me and makes me jump. Miranda laughs again. You're very nervous, Adam. It's only a game. Get on with it, then. I sound snappy even to myself, so I add, please. Miranda snips the padlock. Immediately, a message flashes upon my HUD. Reputation, minus five. Damn, I say. I should have guessed grave robbing would affect reputation. She must have got a hit on reputation too, but doesn't seem to care. Don't worry, Adam, it's only reputation. You can get it back by being nice to kittens or something. Maybe she doesn't know, I say. If you get too low in reputation, the police come after you. If it's bad enough, they shoot you on sight. She takes the broken padlock from the door. I used to play games like that when I was a kid. You can usually pay a bounty or something to improve your reputation before it gets bad. She gestures into the dark door. Anyway, after you. We step into the tomb. The stink of fresh death is thick in the place and sends me gagging. Miranda laughs at me. What do you expect? He's only been dead a week or so. With my hand to my mouth, I say, Jesus, that's disgusting. I don't have a handkerchief, so I pinch my nose. If it was dark outside, it's far darker in here, I say. I can't see. Miranda pulls a lantern from her inventory and lights it with a match. The yellow light flares suddenly with a smell of paraffin. What would you do without me, Adam? If the stink of the place bothers her, she doesn't show it. It makes me feel sick. I don't answer what I'd do without her, so she says. I had a better tutor, probably. Mine is the Count of Monte Cristo. That makes me laugh even in this place. Each player must get a different starter tutor, but the Count of Monte Cristo. I look around the tomb. I hope I find some obvious clue to the statuette or even the statuette itself, but there's nothing. See the statuette? Miranda holds a lantern above her head. I hear the hiss of the burning flame. I still have my hand to my nose. Nothing. Then I remember my clairsentience skill. I switch it on, and immediately a pale glow forms around the objects. Miranda is green, but the middle of the coffin glows red. So there's nothing here, Miranda says. Hang on, I'm using clairsentience, I point. I can see something coming from the coffin. You've got clairsentience, that's cool. I should put some points into that, maybe, but I put all mine into pistols and daggers and stealth. I think those go better with the assassin's profession. I can't get over how relaxed she is. I step over to the coffin. The stink is even more noxious here. So, are we going to open it? She says. My stomach heaves. I don't really want to see the putrefying corpse of her Sprengler, but it looks like I'll have to. She sees me hesitate and punches me again in the arm. Don't be such a wuss. Miranda has the bolt cutters in her hand and she moves towards the coffin lid. 
She levers it up with the handle of the bolt cutters and the lid budges easily. It's not even nailed down. Why would they nail it down? She chuckles. You never know in this game. She nods at the lid. Lift it then? I bend down to my unpleasant task. As we lift the coffin lid away, I get another reputation minus five message on my HUD. Grave robbing is not an honourable job. Sprengler's face is blackened and his eyes have sunk into the skull. His greying hair lies lank and grease-laden. Some noisome liquid has poured from one of his ears into the coffin lining. I retch and turn away to heave up my guts in the corner of the sepulchre. Even Miranda has to step away. They don't have to make it this realistic. Then it's her turn to be promptly sick. I wish I had a handkerchief to wipe my mouth, but I spit out the bile and look back towards the coffin. Using clairsentience, there's a definite red glow coming from the stomach area of the corpse. Whoever wrote this quest has a sick sense of humour. At least I have gloves. I'll throw them away after I've finished here. Plucking up my courage and holding my breath, I go back to the coffin. Another sight of the cadaver collapsing in on itself is enough to make me sick again. When that's done, I go back for the third time and search the pockets of a black suit Sprengler has been buried in. Miranda holds the lantern high so I can see what I'm doing. You don't suppose he'll rise from the dead or anything? I stand away and my hand goes to my browning in my jacket pocket. I suppose it's possible. If he does that, I'll shoot him and we'll run. He doesn't move. I search again in the pockets, trying to ignore the hideous face of the dead man staring up at me with his deflated eyeballs. I find nothing in the pockets, but the glow's still in the stomach area. Looks like there's nothing here, Miranda says. She looks around idly. I thought there'd be some clue in the tomb. What's the point for us coming here otherwise? And there must be a way for us to complete the quest. I stand there with my gloved hands hovering over the corpse. Then... I unbutton his shirt to reveal a stomach sewed up with black thread. I say grimly, he disemboweled himself. That explains all the blood Julia described. Jeepers, that's horrific. What a way to kill yourself. His mind was disturbed. You're not thinking the statuette is in his belly. How can that be? I think quickly. It's possible he didn't want anyone to find the statuette. He's horrified by it as well as being fascinated and unable to give it away. What if he heard someone coming, someone searching for the statuette, someone he really didn't want to have it? He knew he was going to die anyway, so cut himself open and with his last breath put the statuette inside his belly. Miranda twists his face. Gross, who could do that? I guess you can do anything if you're scared enough. But wouldn't the undertakers find it? I shake my head. I guess they just wanted to sew him up with the least possible fuss. I bet they just pushed his guts back in without rummaging around. A sudden macabre humour shakes me as I imagine the scene. I start to laugh and Miranda looks at me like I'm crazy. She says, I don't know what's funny about this, it's disgusting. I just can't help it. I don't know why. What's your sanity at? Seventy. That explains the inappropriate laughter. What's yours? Mine's ninety-five. I guess she hasn't been reading eldritch tomes like I have, and she didn't hear the thing in the house. Miranda produces a knife that gleams dully in the light of the paraffin lantern. Will you do it, or should I? I stop laughing now. I look at the knife in her hand. I don't want her to think I'm scared. I'll do it. You're going to lose a lot of reputation points if you do. She's right, but I say, I can't let you do it. You're a girl. She raises an eyebrow, but before she can protest further, I take the knife, stick it in Sprengler's stomach, and hack down to cut open the stitches. His rotten guts spring forth as a containing flesh is released. 
The stink of it makes me wretch, but I have nothing left to throw up. You observe something horrific, minus ten sanity. You commit a reprehensible act, minus ten reputation. The red glow comes ever more strongly from inside the dead man's stomach. There's definitely something in there. She says, wait a sec. You know he says he avoided touching the statuette? I nod, yeah, touching it with your skin summons something. You've got your gloves, I nod, should be okay. I don't want to put my hand into Sprengler's stomach cavity, but someone's got to do it. Might as well be me. I reach in and root around among the squirming intestines until my fingers close around a small, hard object that must be the green statuette. I pull it out and hold it glowing red in my hand. Cold tendrils of horror spread from it. Whatever deity this statuette represents is evil beyond the comprehension of man. Its blasphemous, tentacled face looks at me as if it's alive. Miranda comes closer, grimacing. That's fucking horrible. Can you feel the evil from it? She holds the lamp close. She may find it evil, but it fascinates her. Lift it up to the light. I do. Slime from Sprengler's rotten guts coats my gloved fingers. As I hold it higher, the statuette slips from my fingers. Instinctively, she catches it in her free hand. Her free, gloveless hand. Oh, fuck, she says. I feel a gust of wind. Something shuffles outside. Something's outside the entrance to the tomb. We pull the door to behind us, but I can definitely hear something out there. What's that? She says, but she knows. We stand stock still, listening. She's staring at the door. A bird? I shake my head. Too big. Maybe a badger or a fox. She's kidding herself now. There's a terrible groaning, and the door is kicked in. A tall black creature enters. My clairsentience gives it a bright red glow. Its eyes are red and its mouth full of squirming feelers. Furled batwings stand out from its bony back. Its hands have three talons and it seems to shift in my vision as if it's not totally of this world. Miranda gasps. What the fuck is that? You observe something especially horrific. Minus twenty sanity. I reel backwards. Miranda has a statuette gripped in her fist. I reach into my pocket and pull out my browning. I fall back to the far wall of the sepulchre as the thing comes slowly into the tomb. Its mouth is so disgusting with the writhing tentacles like black maggots. Its eyes are shifting red dots. I cock my pistol finger on the trigger. I blaze off three rounds at the hideous batwing monstrosity as it gets level with the coffin. Then two more. The sound of the shots is deafening, and cordite smell fills the room. Smoke curls lazily from the muzzle of my pistol, but the bullets do no good. Mounting horror rises to my throat. I don't want to die here. My heart's hammering, my hand on the gun is sweaty. Miranda hurls the paraffin lantern at the monster. The glass smashes, sending splinters all over, and burning paraffin clings to the creature as it advances. Miranda produces a knife from her inventory and launches herself at the creature, stabbing frantically at its chest. With one bony arm, it throws her against the wall of the tomb. It tips its head and emits a thin, screeching noise. I'm paralysed by fear, my gun useless in my hand. What the hell do we do now? Physical weapons can't harm this monstrosity from another plane. Then, I remember Alistair Crowley's question at the character creation. How did I want to fight with brawn or brains? Brains, I'd said. I have a spell. Miranda struggles to her feet and runs at the creature again. This time it fastens itself around her, wrapping bony arms round her to pinion hers. 
Then, like a spider sucking life from a fly, it bends with its maggot mouth and chews her neck. In terror, I look through my skill list and select the magic skill set. I haven't even placed any of the skills on my hotbar, the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. I have no idea if this will work. The creature leaves Miranda and turns to me. Miranda collapses, looking out the cast of a skin from a snake, empty and dripping foul juice. Its red eyes have a membrane, and red chemical lights dance there. The feelers of its mouth flicker as it approaches me, and its bat wings rustle. It howls again, sending me stumbling, then lashes out. Health minus 17. I select the button for the banishing ritual. Immediately, I begin to make pre-programmed ritual movements, and my mouth forms holy names. I inscribe a glowing pentagram in the air with the index finger of my right hand. And, as I call on the aid of the four archangels and vibrate the holy names of God, the thing is blasted from our plane. Mana minus twenty. You have killed Nightgaunt. Two hundred XP. Reputation plus ten. Everything goes dark as the thing's evil glow is extinguished. I run over to the bloody finger of Miranda, who lies slumped where the monster has digested half her throat and sucked out her life. She's already dead. You observe something especially horrific, minus twenty. I stand there hoping she'll come back, but she doesn't, of course. In the end, I rip some of her shirt to wrap the statuette. When it's in my hand, I transfer it to my inventory. Then, with a backward look into the darkness of the tomb, I walk through the shadows of the cemetery gun in hand, looking out for assailants. My sanity is low now, and I see creatures in every pool of darkness. The moon above speaks to me. The coiled voices of snakes reach out to trip me. It's after hours, and the iron gates are closed. I find a low spot where the earth is banked up against the wall and pull myself over. I drop into the quiet of Swain's Lane and walk up the hill to Highgate Village, from which I catch a cab. My health and manner do not regenerate. I'm dog-tired, and as I have no in-game message from Miranda, I plan to log off to try to contact her in the real world. I still don't believe she can be dead. <laughs>